Episode 2 is here. I am your host, Brandon Hurley, for the Home Dog Sports Gambling Podcast. And I'm excited this week because we had a winning week last week. We went 3-2. and two. Woo! The dogs were sort of barking. We hit it. We hit it good. But this week, we won you money. Woo! Yes, yes, yes. Let's go. I know, I know. It was a, it was, it was looking scary there for a little bit. We started out limping through the college slate, going one and two. Our only helper was Penn State. They covered against Iowa. Iowa State. They did recover against Virginia, and Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin and Michigan State didn't hit the over. Uh, so. That leaves my season record for the last three weeks at ten and five. The last two weeks I am six and five, so sitting pretty. It's a nice little start to the home dogs tear through the football season. But talking about those two teams that didn't cover. Wait, before I get into that, we on in the NFL site we went a perfect two and zero. It was great. We had the Saints winning. Outright hit that money line bet. That was my spicy mustard pick of the week. And it hit. Thank you very. You're welcome. You're welcome. I won you some money. Did I not? Also, the Dolphins. Woo! The Dolphins. The Dolphins. They miraculously covered against the Redskins. Oh, boy. That put the record at 3-2. and two. But that leads me to my next point. Last weekend was a perfect example of why sports gambling is so hard, so frustrating. Oh, it takes a lot of dedication, but it takes a lot of dang luck. I mean, I was this close to going 5 and 0 this week, and I was also so close to going 0 and 5. I wrote about this in my column. This is why I don't put a lot of money down on these games because I do not want my life savings in the hands of a bunch of random people I do not know. We were this close. The over-under for the Wisconsin-Michigan State game last weekend was 39-and-a-half. And what do you know? Wisconsin goes out there and puts up 38 points. And I'm like, yep, yep, yep. That's I was I expected that. And what, is, what does Sparty do? They put up a big, fat, freaking zero. Yeah, that's right. The total was 38 for that game. Missing the over by two stinking points. Just kick a damn field goal, Michigan State. What are you doing? How can you not score a point in the Big Ten? Come on, Mark D'Antonio. You are... Oh, my God. I was that close. I was so confident in that over. Oh, It even moved up to 40. It moved up to 41 later in the week on by Saturday. So I was glad I got it at 39 and a half and oh my god. And then then Iowa State I knew they would win the game, but they knocked out West Virginia's quarterback, starting quarterback in the first quarter. West Virginia had built a 7-0 lead, then he gets knocked out of the game and they score 7 points the rest of the way. No other offensive touchdowns. Their other touchdown was a defensive pick 6. They were outscored 38 to 7 the rest of the game. 38 to 7. 
They lost by 23. If they have their starting quarterback in for the rest of the game, they don't win, but they cover that 10.5-point spread. Oh, and then, oh, boy. Finally, something got, came on the, my end of things. I was lucky the Dolphins were losing by seven points. They needed to cover three and a half. They were three point three and a half point underdogs against the Redskins. Two winless teams. They were losing by seven. And what do you know? Fitz Magic. Boom. Fitzpatrick, backup quarterback, coming in for the dumpster fire. Josh Rosen comes in and marches down the field and scores a touchdown with six seconds left to cover. A miraculous cover. And what made it even more miraculous is that they went for two. They wanted to go for the win. And this, it was a perfect six scenario. There was no chance at overtime. Nothing. So they either win or lose. And they lost. They dropped the pass at the goal line. Oh, it was beautiful. It secured a winning weekend. I was ecstatic. And you want to know, I wasn't even watching it. I was watching on GameCast. And that made it even crazier and more anticipation. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. That was that for this week. It was it was a fun up and down ride. That's just that's how fickle the world of sports gambling is. You could be this close to going perfect five and zero, oh, this close to going zero oh and five. But luckily, luck was on my side this week. As we turn our attention to week seven, week eight of the college football slate, and week seven of the NFL. I'm not feeling that confident at all this week. I don't like many of the lines. I don't like many of these games. It's going to be a weekend. Hey, if you want to pick a weekend to go out and kind of explore, enjoy the fall, this may be the one. Kind of save some of your money. I mean, you should still bet on some football games. I encourage that. Still put your money on the line. Try to win some money. But if you want to take a weekend off, for the most part, there aren't any big hidden spotlight blockbuster games that are just catching your attention there aren't any crazy lines that are like wow i have to bet this i'm gonna win this is amazing there's still some out there but i mean i i personally hate the the college slate this week those lines are tricky this week and i'm not too confident on that so i only had four picks this week in my column for the home dogs column once again don't forget you can go and view that read that column on in the Jefferson Herald this week, which came out today, or you can read it in the the Carroll Times Herald, which is coming out tomorrow, Friday, October 18th. There's a lot in there. I touch on a lot of what I did here. And you can also view that online at bherald.com and carolspaper.com. I'll put it out on my Twitter, Twitter handle at Brandon J. Hurley. We'll put it out on Facebook on both of our papers. On the Home Dogs Twitter, Home Dogs Facebook, and you can, if you want to find it, you will find it. It'll be pretty easy. So, going with that, here are my picks for this week. I started out with Iowa State at Texas Tech. Actually, I'll leave the I'll leave the two Iowa games. Scratch that. I'll leave the two Iowa games for my interview later today. Later in the show, we both we talk about those two games, so we'll shy away from that. Uh, and I'll. I'll let you in on that. So the, my lock of the week is my spicy, b spicy mustard hot dog lock of the week is Michigan at Penn State. 
I'm taking Michigan as nine-point underdogs. I like that spread a lot. I don't see Michigan necessarily winning this game, but I also don't see them getting blown out at the spread. It started at minus seven. I mean, I mean, I might be getting suckered into this, but I think plus nine as a road dog. I mean, Michigan isn't the greatest on offense, but they have a good defense. I think they can stay within nine. I don't see them winning this, but that is my lock of the week. Take Michigan plus nine. Bang it, bang it, bang it. Okay, so yeah, that's what I got for... That's really all I had for the college slate, so let's move on to the NFL. I... I'm a fan of stats, obviously, being a stat guy, being a sports guy, being a sports editor. I love me some stats. And boy, does covers have us, excuse me, this week covered with a stat of the year. Through seven weeks in the NFL, the underdogs are 56 and 35 and 1 against the spread. What does that tell you? Bet the damn dogs. And what else? The road teams are 56 and 35 and 1 against the spread regardless of being home being underdogs or being favorites. And like this, speaking of dogs, road dogs are for 41 and 20 and 1 against the spread. If that doesn't tell you to bet the underdogs, I don't know what else does. That's what I'm going with this week. And I like not that many games in the NFL this week, but one of the games I like off the cuff, right off the bat, is Arizona against, who are they playing? Arizona against the Giants. It's rookie quarterback against rookie quarterback. Kyler Murray for the Cardinals against Daniel Jones and the Giants. The Giants are at home and they are favored minus three. A little bit of foreshadowing. Looky, looky here. Arizona Cardinals are road dogs. Kyler Murray has been impressing throughout the year. I think he is firmly in the hunt for rookie of the year. I think he is number one right now up that race. He's a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. He's a better athlete than Daniel Jones. The Cardinals have more weapons on the offense than the Giants do. They still have Larry Fitzgerald. He's old, but he's still doing good. They have David Johnson. These guys, this is these are two bad defenses. It'll be a shootout. So if you're looking for an over that you like this week, I'm saying hit over 50 and a half. But my pick that I'm locking in is not my lock of the week, but it's it's close. I almost want to move it to my lock. But it is, if you can come up with a second lock, this is it. This is the Cardinals covering three at on the road. They're they're covering they're covering that three point dog spread. And if you wanna hit that over, it's going way over 50 and a half. So for me, that's really the only game that I, I picked in my column for this week for the NFL. But there's some other dogs that I'm looking at. I uh what are you what are you seeing right here? There's a I'm thinking of picking the Lions as a home dog. They are two point underdogs against the Vikings. The Lions, they've had some bad luck this week. They're, I know they're coming off this year. I know they're coming off a short week, controversial loss against the Packers. They they're due for a big win. This is a big rivalry game in the NFC North. I didn't pick them in my column, but hey, 
let's 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 lock, lock this one in. Lions knocking out knocking down Kirk Cousins. They cover the two and a half under the two point underdog spread. So that's that's not too bad. The Vikings are hit or miss. They do they did just smack the Eagles around. So that makes me a little worried. Uh, there's nothing really I mean I wanted to take the Saints as three point underdogs on the road against the Bears. I mean Mitch Trubisky and the Bears, I don't know, but can the Saints keep helping me? Can they keep hitting it? I've bet them twice on money line this year and they've come through. Last week was huge. I don't know. I don't I mean and that under that over under is scary too. Thirty eight and a half. These two are poor offenses. I think that's going right around that. So I do I would stay away from that. But if you're looking for some extra money Sunday, maybe look at the Saints at three point underdogs on the road. I mean Soldier Field, yeah, but as we said earlier, the un- road underdogs are crushing it this week. So yeah, those are my picks. And there's one other Little nugget I like to do since I did it last week. I gave you the Raptors futures bet for the NBA going over 46 wins, 46 and a half. And I just looked, it's at 45 and a half. So if you didn't hit it last week, hit it this week. You only have a week till the season starts. It starts on Tuesday, uh, NBA. So speaking of the NBA, I love the NBA. I'm going with the MVP. I'm going not an MVP futures bet, but I'm going for leading scorer futures bet. I'm hitting Anthony Davis, when I last checked yesterday, Anthony Davis was at plus 1,200 to to lead the league in scoring. I think LeBron James is going to be a huge asset for Anthony Davis this year. We... There was a lot of hubbub, hoopla, whatever you want to call it, last year for Anthony Davis in New Orleans. He was kind of a diva. He was whatnot, blah, blah, blah. He was... He was just being kind of flaky last year, but that don't let that scare you away from how good of a player he actually is. He's the most skilled seven footer that we've ever seen. Let's not forget about this. He's let's see where he's at right now for points per game. He's still sitting there at twelve hundred. So take that. I think that's good value. I think he has a good chance of doing that. 1200 for player most points per game that's nice that's pretty good now we are ready for a little segment brand new segment that i'm going to call penny's picks yes this is penny right here say hi to penny everybody penny say hi so here's the little game we just toss a coin up in the air the home team is heads the road team is tails. And I'm going to go through three games. And Penny's going to let her picks go. So the first game we're going to do, we're going to do some three big big name games this week. We're going to do Vikings at Bears. Vikings minus two. They're the road team. They are tails. Lion, did I say Bears? It's Vikings at Lions. Minus two Vikings. Here we go. And it is tails. So first pick, Penny goes with the favored road favorites, the Vikings. All right. Second game of the week, we have the Saints at the Bears. 
Bears are favored by my three points. Here we go. Bears are heads. Saints, the road dogs, are tails. Here we go. Boom. Saints. Saints. Penny goes with another road team. This time the road dog. She is going with the Saints. And then now our final pick of the week. Week 7 in the NFL. Penny, let's see how you could do it. It's Ravens at Seahawks. Seahawks are favored by three points. Let's see how this goes. The heads are the Seahawks. Tails is Ravens. Here we go. Pick number three. Last pick of week seven. Oh, and it is heads. She is going with the home favorites. Penny goes with the Seahawks. Here we go. Well, that's it. That's how Penny sees it this week. She's going Vikings minus two. She's going Saints plus three. And she's going Seahawks minus three. Thanks a lot, Penny, for joining us this week. Uh, good luck. Mwah. So once again, we have our beautiful segment that we started last week, Talking Sports with an Elementary Student. Caden once again is out here with his nice jokes, filling the room up with laughter. So here we go. He's got some nice picks for us, and let's see if he can expand and improve on that 1-2 and two record from a week ago. Now we welcome back Caden Hurley to the show. What's up, my brother? Hi, Dad. How's it going? Uh, I have a joke for you all. Oh, tell us the joke, It's bro. not like the Florida and the Apple one. Oh, I hope it's better than that one. That was I'm trash. I'm sorry about those. That was utter trash. What's the joke this time? Okay, what is a teacher's favorite candy? I don't know what. Chocolate. Oh, I get it, because chalk, like the stuff you write on the board? Yeah, the oh, dog, okay. the board. So dog. here we are again, week number two for no. the Talking Sports with the Elementary oh, Student. Caden uh, went one and two with his pick slack week. He was close. He was very close for going 3-0. and He barely missed his Iowa pick against Penn State. The spread was 3.5. They lost by 5. And he was close on the Florida pick. He picked Florida to beat LSU. They were 13.5 underdogs. They were actually winning for a while in that game. But they ended up losing by 14. So he was that close to being 3-0 because you had Oklahoma right. So what do you have? How do you? How did you feel you did last week? Uh, not the best. Not the best? But you think you'll do better this week? Hopefully. Okay, okay, okay. I'm ready. Are you ready for ready for some more picks this week for Caden's mm-hmm. big time picks? You got another joke for us or anything? Uh, so the people who are near here and new here and who haven't been on here yet, who haven't listened to this yet, my favorite thing is playing video games, and it's Forza Horizon Three, and also. Forza Horizon 5 is coming out in 2020. Like I said last week, nobody cares when Forza 5 comes out. Everybody does. No, not anybody. It's the nobody. biggest video game Nobody series gives a darn little kid. I thought you were supposed to tell a joke. Okay. Um. <laughs> what did the apple say to the strawberry? Oh, I don't know. What did they say? 
Wow, this is the worst joke I've ever heard. <laughs> Do you get Appleberry. It? Appleberry. Oh, that's so dumb. Okay, okay. The first game we will do call it two college games this week that you'll pick in two, two NFL? NFL games. Oh, you're smart. You're smart. So the first NFL. one we're doing is undefeated Baylor at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah, it was a hit. You're hilarious. Oklahoma State is a more minus, minus four and a half favorite. Um, four and a half point favorite over Baylor. Who are you taking in this one? Uh, you talk to yourself right now uh, because uh, your co-host has to go do something. No, co-host, come on. You have to tell <laughs> me. So bad. Co-host, just pick this game and then you can leave. Okay. Uh, who are you picking? Oklahoma State, four and a half favorites over Baylor. Who are you picking? Who are you picking? Come on, come on, come on, come um, on. Oklahoma. Oklahoma State. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. Welcome back, son of a gun. Where did you go? Please tell us all the details of where you went. Okay, okay. You don't have to tell us the details. Okay, you had a nice pick there. Oklahoma State going as the home favorite. Do you? Why are you picking Oklahoma State? Do you have a reason? Uh, cause they are dumb. Okay, okay. I don't have a reason, okay? Okay, we will go with the second big game of the night. Michigan at Penn State. Undefeated Penn State. Top 10 ranked Penn State. Taking on the Wolverines. They are favored by minus 9. This spread has jumped a little at the beginning. Who are you taking, Michigan or Penn State? Let me hear it. Penn State! Why are you taking Penn State? Because they defeated I well, think they're going to win again. That's a good reason. That's not too bad. That's some good logic. This kid right here, he's got a future in sports gambling, don't you? Give me your freaking money, brother. Ah, uh, no. Okay, okay. You got another joke for us, bro? Okay. What did the apple say to the orange? What did he say? Uh, orange apple. Apple orange. Apple, apple orange. What? That's the stoop. That's even worse. <laughs> you said, what did the orange say to the apple? And you said, apple orange? Come on. There's got to be a better punchline than that. Orange apple. There. Orange apple. Okay. That's even dumber. Come on. Okay. Here's a good one we got for you. Oakland Raiders at the Green Bay Packers. Packers are favored by five and a half points. Packers are coming off a controversial Monday night win. They are on a short week. Who are you taking in this one? Packers or Raiders? Raiders or Packers? Let me hear them. Packers. Packers? And so you think they'll cover that five and a half point spread? Oh, let me know why. Tell me your story. Because I think they made me think about this joke. It's called, um, what did Batman get for Valentine's Day? Mm, I don't know. What did he get? Diarrhea. Sorry, everybody, that was very inappropriate. Sorry, I forget that this kid's a little, tiny little girl. I am not. He is not. He is not. Here is another one. The big, big money mover of the week. Last pick today. Who you taking? Philadelphia Eagles against the Dallas Cowboys. Both teams have hit a little skid. Cowboys are favored at home by minus three. Who you taking? Eagles or Cowboys? Go! Eagles! Eagles! Fly, Eagles, fly, huh? 
Why are you picking the eagles? Because. Because they're a majestic little bird? Because of the cowboys. Because the cowboys are poop? I agree. I agree. That's something wow. we can all agree oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here, this is what Caden has. He picked Oklahoma State. He picked Penn State. He picked Green Bay. Oklahoma. And he picked the, cow- the Eagles. He picked three favorites, one underdog. We will see. We will keep track. Right now, the son of a gun is a one and two on the season. He's not doing too bad. I got a joke. You got one more joke for us, son? What did the apple <laughs> say to Batman? What did the apple say? <laughs> Can you eat me? I'll die for you. It's a terrible joke. Because the bats are going to eat me and the Batman is going to die. Why so Because <laughs> I'm an apple. Batman. I'm okay, an that's apple. it, folks. Hey, Thanks, Caden. Thanks, Caden, for joining us orange on the apple, show again. Apple orange. Shut it, bro. <laughs> shut it. You shut it. <laughs> Thanks, Caden, for joining us again. Uh, I look forward to seeing how your picks do, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Adios. Forza Horizon 5 coming shut out in 2020. Up, shut up, shut up. Bye, folks. Let's let's get rolling to our next segment. Right here we have I have a nice long interview with my boy Jeff Kroll. He's a longtime friend. He's a 2007 Ames High graduate. He's from the state of Iowa. He knows sports. He knows college sports. He knows Iowa and Iowa State. He's a good guy to talk to. But what really interested me was to bring him on this podcast was his marathon running. This guy is a freak. He loves to run. He loves marathons. He's done six marathons. He recently did the Chicago Marathon last weekend. There was 45,000 runners there. I brought him on just to kind of pick his brain and see what it's like to run a marathon, the training and whatnot, and what goes into that. So I think you guys will enjoy this. It's a little different from last week. This is an Ozmaker. It's a little different interview than I've I've done. Um, I mean, uh, look at me. I'm not a runner, obviously, but I just thought it was cool and I thought it was interesting. So here we go. Enjoy the interview with uh, Jeff Kroll. Today I have a good good friend of mine on the show, a new special guest. He's an Ames High graduate, uh, 2007 Ames High graduate. He's His name is Jeff Kroll. He now uh, lives in a suburb of Minneapolis called Eden Prairie. And the reason I'm bringing on him on today is he has a really cool story. He's a big marathon runner. He's done, did you say six marathons you've done now? Correct. Yep, six marathons. Personally, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of running, so I thought it would be fun to get a, a guy, pick a guy's brain on why he does this whole thing. So, first of all, welcome, Jeff, to to the Home Dogs podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. So, so you just got done with the Chicago Marathon, and I didn't know there was that many people. I saw a video, a time-lapse video of, of this, the start, and it was just unbelievable. How many people did you say that were in that marathon last Sunday? Uh, about 45,000 people. That's that's insane. I mean, was that probably the biggest marathon that you've been in so far? It was most definitely the biggest one I've been in. So what is that like, that start? I mean, it's got to almost be kind of claustrophobic a little bit. Can you kind of take us through that, what that your emotions are like and what it was like for you? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, they have you uh, 
separated by corrals uh, based off of like your last marathon time or what you're projected to run. And so I was in the fastest corral. I was in corral A. Um, obviously, there's elite runners that run before corral A, but I was in the fastest corral, which started right away at 730. Um, so it's kind of nice that it's separated. If you had no corrals, it would be very chaotic. Um, so that one is interesting because in Chicago, it's in Grant Park, which is right downtown. And you have to go through a security line, um, basically get wanded. They check your bag. Um, and then you have to go into gear check, which takes a while. And then finally um, go over to your corral and they actually close the corral like 10 minutes before the start time. So if you're late, you have to go back a corral, which would kind of suck. Yeah. So so how many people do you think estimate were in your A corral then? It's hard to say. We kind of came in late, so we were at the very back, but um, probably anywhere, probably a few thousand, I would say. Jeez. Maybe, yeah, maybe 2,000 or something like that. So what is that like just taking off with 2,000 runners? Like, is it is it hard to navigate? Like, do you have to kind of go at the other people's pace at the start? What what was that like? Normally, yes, you would. Like, if you were up near kind of the front, but since um, – I was near the back. I could kind of just go at my pace, but at the beginning, everyone has all that adrenaline anyway. And so right when you, you know, start, you're at a pretty good pace with everybody else. And it's a pretty amazing start because you're right downtown, you know, there's thousands of fans and people cheering you on right at the start. So that's a really cool experience. So did you have to qualify for the Chicago marathon or can anybody enter it? Uh, anybody can enter. You can enter with um, through the lottery, and then I I believe you can also qualify as well. But I did it through the lottery system, where you just enter your name, and then, you know, they tell you whether or not you're accepted. So so how'd you end up doing on Sunday? Um, I did as well as I ex- kind of expected. So I had a hamstring injury, or sorry, a hamstring injury, and then a calf injury. And that set me back in my training. And I actually didn't run for about four weeks until the marathon. So my calf was pretty sore. It it hurt the entire way. Um, But I made it through. I I ran three hours and 10 minutes, uh, which is not my fastest time, but it's still a good time. Uh, My my hope was to run under three hours and be a Boston qualifier. Uh, That's still my goal. But with my injury, I knew that that wasn't really going to happen. But Either way, I'm still glad that I was able to finish and still had a good run. Yeah, that sounds pretty tough. So, if I'm if I'm getting it straight, you didn't run at all before for, for four weeks before this. Correct. Yeah, I just did a lot of uh, biking, a lot of cross training, some strength exercises. So my calf was hurting so bad, like I knew I couldn't run, and I just needed to give as as much rest as physically possible so I could get through it. Were you nervous at all that you maybe wouldn't be able to finish it? I mean, for for a guy that like you that trains all the time, were was there any like moments of doubt going into Chicago that you wouldn't be able to get through it because you had such a long layoff? Oh yes, I mean that's a good question. I, I that I had so much doubt going into it. I didn't know if I was going to be able to run one mile and then it was going to hurt so bad I had to stop. I really had no idea. I was just going into it kind of blind, which felt very uncomfortable, not knowing where my performance was and it did hurt the whole way, but I just said, I made it this far. I'm just going to keep on 
pushing through it. And luckily I was able to, to finish. So was there any point in the marathon last Sunday that you were like, Oh my God, I'm not going to be able to do this was, and, and if so, what got you through that? Yeah, there was a few moments like that. Cause you know, I, uh, I think near the end, like at mile, like 17 and 20, I was like, you know, it wouldn't be bad if I just stopped, you know, stopped and maybe walked a little bit. And then, you know, you just kind of have to coach yourself, you know, you just tell yourself, you know what, no, if you stop, if you walk, you won't finish. And then when you get that in your mind, you're like, well, I'm going to finish. I've already made it 17 miles. I got to make it the rest of the way. So it was just, you know, having those conversations in your head to push yourself and keep going despite how you feel. So that makes sense. And that brings up a good point, just because from all the experience that I've talked to athletes and coaches and stuff about individual sports, like, like cross country, like track, like wrestling, they all talk about our golf, they all talk about being kind of almost there on their own, doing it for themselves. So is, is that something that kind of attracts you to running that you're able to kind of just be out there on your own and motivate yourself on your own? Definitely. Yeah, it's a lot of, um, you know, self motivation. And it's, you know, running to me is very a, a freeing experience, because you, you majority of your running when you're training, you're out there by yourself. So, you know, you're your own motivation in a sense, like you may have other people that help you and support you, but it all comes down to your own uh, personal goals and self-motivation. So you rely on that a lot for your training anyway. So when you get to the race, um, typically it's not hard. Uh, this one was just because of the injury, but in the past, you know, I, I've always told myself I was able to to complete the run and I haven't had any issues with that. Yeah, and that, that also brings up another good point. Obviously, marathon running is not for the mentally weak people. And <laughs> also, obviously, since it's an individualized sport, it's different than, say, different training-wise, say, if you wanted to get better at basketball, you could just go find a pickup game, and you're competing against really good players. So you're like, hey, I got to pick up my game. Or if you're out, hey, if you're golfing with someone, you're like, oh, man, they just birdied. So, hey, I got to go birdie the next hole. But you're doing a lot of training on your own. So kind of take me through that mental process of how mentally you're able to motivate yourself throughout that training process. Yeah. So I usually try and find a plan that suits me and I may make some adjustments here and there, but um, you know, I print out a calendar that tells me, you know, how many miles I have to run, you know, this week and per day. So that's a, a good way to motivate yourself is just to kind of check off those boxes. Um, so that was, where I start. And then it's just a daily thing where you just get into the routine routine of I'm going to run this many miles today. I'm going to run it at this time. And you just set that aside. And that's how you just build upon your miles as you go through your training. And, you know, before too long, it just becomes part of what you do. So for me, it's great to have the actual plan in hand. Um, you know, some people have a little bit more of a loose training regiment where they're just like, well, I'm going to go out and run five today. I might run seven tomorrow. Um, but for me, I really needed to be like specific. So I make sure I hit all my goals. So, yeah, that, uh, so I know I've talked to you and that we've talked about this a lot. We find that our friends and I find this really interesting, but are you, running twice a day is that right is that what you were told me once 
Um, typically I don't. So I typically set aside just one run a day. Um, in this training cycle, I did, uh, you know, six times a week with one day of rest, uh, with no running. And then usually you build in a long run, um, meaning 10 or more miles at just kind of an easy pace. And then you usually max out, um, at 20 or 22 miles for your last, uh, long training run. So that's actually where, um, I had gotten hurt was the day after that, after I had run my 22 miler, which felt really good. And then I went on the track the next day and did some speed work. And that's when I, I hurt my calf was doing that. I think I just needed to listen to my body a little bit more and maybe have a rest day there instead of trying to push more miles in. Yeah, that, that absolutely has to be grinding. So obviously you live in Minnesota and you're training year round. And so you're obviously Mm -hmm. running outside when it's really cold so how difficult is that to be running when it's you're I know sometimes just walking outside it's a shortness of breath so so how hard is that to keep training when you're outside in that cold up there in Minnesota yes for sure an adjustment um you know it's more just about having the right equipment and apparel to wear um for the cold conditions and the one thing that's for me most difficult is it gets darker a lot sooner outside and so you know i've had to invest in like uh, a headlamp um and like a training vest that's reflective so cars can see me and that's that's the hardest motivation the cold doesn't bother me as much as the nighttime does just because i want to be visible and i don't want to you know put myself in a situation where i'm not seen by traffic and you know worst case scenario get hit by a car so yeah yeah that wouldn't be good and that also brings me to something else. Uh, speaking of the darkness, obviously, if you're going on 10 to 12 mile runs each night, that takes a lot of time. So how, how are you able to balance your work life, your personal life, and then you're also your training? Because that, that has to be challenging at times, too. Yeah, it is. It is challenging. And, you know, luckily, it's just my wife and I right now. Um, you know, when we have our first child, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. But usually, you know, after work, um, for those longer runs is when uh, I set that time aside. And usually I try and come home and not sit down, just get like a quick snack and try and be out the door. Otherwise, if I sit down, if I go on the couch, like I know I'm not getting up. So it's just having that mental capacity. Like even if you're tired, exhausted from work, like just putting your shoes on and having that quick snack and getting out there, that's what's motivated me to just, get those runs in because otherwise um, I frankly probably wouldn't if I was just be like, okay, I'll do it later. You really have to set that time aside. Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely do. And kind of speak motivation. What inspired you to start running and training for marathons? Yeah, that's a good question. So the first one I ran was twin cities. And I think that was back in 2015. I ran my first one. Um, And, you know, I'd always been a pretty good runner. I ran cross country, like you said. And, um, you know, I, I never thought I could run a marathon. And then, you know, I decided uh, that I was going to try and run twin cities. You know, I had a training plan and, you know, I, I was just going to take it really easy. I wasn't going to try and push for any specific time and just basically complete it. And, you know, after my ran my first one, I was basically just hooked. Like I, had what they call that runner's high. And I just loved the feeling after I was done and how great it felt to, you know, finish 26 miles. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's insane. I mean, 26 miles, holy crap. And the, and the pace that you do it at is just ridiculous. So yeah, kind of elaborate more on that, that first marathon they did. Why? I mean, were, what was by step, not entirely step by step, but what was your thought process midway through that, that race? I mean, that had to be kind of grueling a little bit that first time you ever did a, a marathon. Yeah. And again, like it goes back to your training. If you have like a lot of miles built up, you obviously going to feel more comfortable with the distance. Um, and in the first one, I remember hitting the halfway mark, hitting the half marathon points and I felt really good. You know, I felt like that I was not very tired. I, my legs felt good. Um, you know, and I had taken uh, nutrition, meaning gels along the way to keep my energy levels up. So I, I felt good for the entire race. I think it was about mile 20, which is what they call the wall, where I really started to feel exhausted, um, especially in Twin Cities. They have like a pretty good sized hill uh, that runs along the Mississippi. And that one was definitely difficult. Um, but it was a great race. You know, it's an awesome course. You start from basically the Viking Stadium and then you finish in St. Paul um, at the state capitol. So you get to see a lot of the city. You're going to go around the lakes. It's a really pretty course during the fall time. So there's a lot of things that distract your mind through that entire race. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. That sounds like a really nice course. So I've kind of not too much more on this subject, but since you have done six marathons now, is there any specific moment that was either – your favorite part of one of the races or maybe the, maybe even a horror story that's something that was like you're like didn't expect to happen is there anything like that that if thinking back on your six marathons that kind of sticks out in your mind you know there's been a few things that have come up um there was one marathon in Iowa that I relied on the course uh gels like nutrition to you know I didn't carry them with me I was going to grab them from one of the aid stations and I remember they weren't there and that was kind of like, oh, no, how am I going to have the energy to finish this race? So that was kind of a not a scary moment, but it was I should have known better moments and just taken gels along with me. So you learn from every marathon. That's the kind of the nice thing is that you, there's different things that happen that you may not expect um, or sometimes you just have a great run and you didn't expect it would go as well as it did. So you know, it, like I said, every, every race is different and I'm hoping to just build upon the ones that I have done. And, you know, my ultimate goal is to qualify for Boston. So I'm going to keep on working toward that. What, what time do you have to achieve to qualify for Boston? Under three hours for my age group. And you've come pretty close to that, haven't you? Yeah. I ran a three Oh four at the Wisconsin marathon. Right. That's so close. That, what what's that feeling like just knowing you're so close that is there anything going through your mind that like hey I could have done this or could have done that yeah it's it, it's tough i i my expectation was that i was going to do it at chicago until i got hurt um i was hitting all my milestones i had ran a half marathon in 119 um which is way under what it would have taken to get to the three hour mark in a full marathon. So I know I'm right there. And once I get my calf in better shape, I know I can, I know I can hit it. Um, my body's ready. It's just, or my body's not ready, but I know that my training uh, will get me there. Yeah. So 
So I got a I got a weird question for you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're hydrating and you're drinking a lot of fluids. You're out there running for three hours. Do you ever have to go to the bathroom? And if so, where do you go to the bathroom? <laughs> um, they do have porta potties along the way. If you um, if you have to stop, I take. Uh, I usually try and monitor my liquids pretty well um, before I run, and so. You know, I might drink some water the morning of, but not a ton, and then use the bathroom like right before the race starts. That's usually a key thing. And then I take a anti-diuretic uh, to make sure I'm not <laughs> having to use the bathroom a lot yeah, of the way. Gets you, holy crap! <laughs> yep. So, so, uh, so, have you ever had to go to the bathroom during a race? I know. I mean, just doing any normal thing is uncomfortable, but I can't imagine having to run and having to go to the bathroom um so on two of the courses i did stop and i used the bathroom um and then there was one the one i ran the 304 at wisconsin is i had to go the entire time in about like mile five i was like oh man i have to go so bad and then i just literally just kept on blocking that thought out of my head and so i could just power through the entire thing it was very uncomfortable but i ran that time um that 304 and i don't think i would have if i would have stopped so so it sounds like i think you're the key to get under three hours i think you just have to drink a ton of fluids and then just be like all right i gotta make it to the bathroom and just keep running exactly exactly okay so i had another question for you i can't remember i guess uh what, what are you eating the night before for your races? Like what's your kind of usual food that you're eating before the marathon? Always carbs, always pasta. You just, just find a good Italian spots, um, you know, pick something relatively safe, you know, spaghetti and meatballs or any type of penne and red sauce. There's, you really can't go wrong as long as you're carving up the night before. And every time I've carved up the night before, my body has felt like great in terms of energy along the course. Yeah. So kind of going off that, how important is sleep and how much, how much sleep do you try to get before a marathon? It's important, but for me, I think I just have so much anxiety the night before that I never sleep well the night before. I think for Chicago, I may have slept six hours. Wisconsin, I may have slept seven. I don't think I've ever gotten a full eight or nine before the race. And I think the night before is less important than two nights before. At least that's what my coaches have always said. Um, Cause your, your adrenaline in the morning is going to be pretty high anyway, and you're not going to feel that tired. And so. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And six, seven hours is really, isn't that bad. I mean, it's better than, better than getting like two or three hours of sleep and just rolling around all night. Very true. So, uh, what what's kind of your, I know you mentioned Boston as one of your goals, but what's your, what's your long term goal with just just running as a whole? Well, I have a very ambitious goal, and that's to run a marathon in all fifty states. So I've run six in six different states. So, you know, I don't know that I'll make it to fifty, but you know, it's still kind of a for me, it's still kind of a cool thing to work toward is like i'm gonna run a marathon i'm gonna travel while i do it i'm gonna see different states so the ones i've done have been pretty close to home but once i you know start branching out it'll be nice to you know incorporate like traveling and seeing things at the same time yeah that'd be really cool and it gives you an excuse to travel too and go see states that you haven't seen before exactly okay well that kind of covers our 
our marathon uh, marathon subjects for the day. Uh, anything else you want to touch on with that subject? Maybe I didn't ask you about or maybe something you want to say? No, I think you've covered pretty much all of it. My one message that I always tell people that, you know, are surprised to hear that I've run six or even that I've just run one is my belief is that anyone can run a marathon. You just, it all just starts with the training. There's tons of training plans out there. I mean, there's ones that are labeled couch potato to marathon. So it's all about building up uh, your mileage, you know, if you can even start with just walking, you know, a short amount of distance and then building up to one, two miles, it just takes time. And I, like I said, I believe anyone can run a marathon. It's just, you have to put in the time for the training. And, and that's the biggest thing that, uh, you know, sometimes hinders people from wanting to do it is putting in the time for training. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, so now we'll turn our attention back to sports gambling. Huh? Did you find any games that you, you liked this week and how many did you pick? Yeah, I found about five that I feel good about. Um, I was looking at, you know, the NFL and some of the college games and a lot of the NFL games have some pretty low point um, yeah. differentials. So those ones, you know, if you have a particular matchup that you like, uh, there's a lot of, you know, kind of flexibility there in terms of picking picking teams. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I mean, yeah, all the games are almost essentially pick-ems, which in in my column this week, I only picked one NFL game because I didn't like any of the games. And, heck, even college, I didn't like a lot of those spreads because a lot of those games are crap games, too, like that should be blowouts that teams should easily win. Right. So, so about you, I, there was a lot of games that I didn't even like this week. Yeah, I, 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 it was hard for a few of them. Like, I could – I could see that they could go either way and, or like the point spread was just way too high and I didn't feel comfortable picking a team, you know, that was favored by say like 31 points. That just seemed pretty hard to rationalize for me. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes when I see lines like that, I'm like, man, Vegas has to be trying to trick us somehow. They, they want you to take that, uh, the the road dog the the underdog or something and they're like hey we're gonna trick these guys it it just feels weird to me that when sometimes and I always stay away from those lines exactly yeah all right so uh let's just get into it what's uh what's your first game that you're picking and that you like you want to start with college or NFL uh let's start with college college so I'm gonna go to my alma mater Iowa and Purdue um, so normally I would always pick the Hawkeyes but in this case um, I would actually take Purdue. Uh, I saw the recent spread was that Iowa was favored by 18, I believe. And Iowa's just not a team in my mind that can put points on the board. Um, so I would take, I would take Purdue. I think the game will be close. I don't think, I think Iowa will win, but I don't think that they'll beat them by 18. I don't. Yeah. I. No, go ahead. I know that. You know, Iowa is the better team, and I know that Purdue is not as good as they have been in years past. But like I said, Iowa just cannot put points on the board, so I don't see them beating them by 18 or more. Yeah, I agree totally. I mean, just these last two weeks, I mean, they have proven that they can't score. The only teams they put up points against were non-Power 5 teams. So so I don't have any faith in their offense. I I, I wanted to take Purdue. I kind of – I'm staying away from that game this week just because I – I don't know what to expect with Iowa and I've heard Purdue's defense is pretty bad, but they just put up 40 against Maryland. So 
I think it could go anyway. But yeah, I don't personally. I don't think Iowa will win by 18 points. But I I did, I did like the uh, the under. It's uh the over under line was 48 and a half. I don't see this game going over 48. Nope, I don't either. I I had that marked on mine as well. That I liked the under. Um, I don't see those teams putting up you know 49 points together i don't i just don't see it happening yeah i agree totally and so i skipped the point spread but i'm i'm gonna if if i'm betting on the iowa game i'm definitely betting the under for sure there's no way because i mean we barely we barely hit any i think we i don't think we've hit iowa has hit any over this year so so if you're if you're a fan of over-unders bet the under on iowa almost every week right yep all right so what's uh what's the second game that you like um i like iowa state over Texas Tech, um, you know, Iowa State has a good quarterback with Purdy, and Texas Tech just came off of, a, you know, double overtime loss. And I think Texas Tech is an okay team, but I think Iowa State playing at home, I think, you know, they've had a couple of really good last games where they've put up quite a bit of points, um, and they're only favored by seven. So I, I see Iowa State at least beating them by 10 or more at home. Uh, they seem to play better at home anyway. So I think that they, I think that's a pretty good matchup there. Yeah. Is that game in Ames? I thought it was in Texas. Maybe it is. I thought it was at, uh, at home for Iowa state. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know what to think about that game. It's tough. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is in Texas. Oh, sorry. Then it is. Um, Maybe it's not a lock then. <laughs> um, I still like Iowa State though in that matchup. I think I think like I said, I think that they're the better team. Um, but who knows? Yeah, I I would if it was in Ames, I would definitely pick Iowa State. But I don't know what to think about Texas Tech. Like they have some okay losses, and then they have a random win over Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. and Oklahoma just but blew Oklahoma blew them out. Oklahoma's really good. Granted, so I don't know what to think. So, I I think I'm with you though. I took Iowa State because I mean, I don't. If the spread was a little bit lower, if it was Iowa State say minus like three and a half, I would hit Iowa State like in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But since it's, yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, I, I like your pick at Iowa State. So what's your uh, what's your next pick? Uh, I don't have any for that. Those are my two that I picked for college football. Okay, so let's uh, move on to the end. Yeah, so in the NFL, there's a lot of um, games, like I said, that could they're like pick them, you know, they're like plus one, minus one. Yeah, that's a yeah. I don't know how this will shake out. There's a lot of games that could go either way. The the one I feel good about is actually tonight's game: the Patriots versus the Jets. Uh, is that tonight? Yeah, Thursday night, I believe. Or no, is is that Monday? Yeah, I think it's tonight. Tonight's game is isn't tonight's game uh, Chiefs Broncos. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. I tonight's... think that's Monday night. Patriots and Jets are Monday. Sorry. But yeah, who do you who do you like in that game? I like the Patriots. I mean, they're only they're favored by nine and a half. Um, they have one of the best defenses in the league, and they're just. I, I think the the Jets, even though they've won their last game, the Jets are not a good team. They are not a – I don't know. I mean, I know their quarterback had a good game last last week, but I think the I think the Patriots blow them out. Yeah, I think you're right on that. I would – if 
I was hoping that line would be a little higher because I would have. I thought about maybe. I was like, if it's a, say, a fourteen-point spread, I was going to be like, maybe maybe the Jets can cover that. But nine and a half, I see, especially on Monday night in prime time. Yep. Tommy will be like, screw this. The Jets are the Jets. I'll come in and and beat them into the ground. Like Sam Donald, you got nothing on me. <laughs> so I agree with you on that one as well. So what's the what's the next NFL game you're looking at? Uh, there's a couple, and there's like I said, a couple of toss-up ones. So tonight's game, Kansas City and the Broncos. So Kansas City has won seven in a row against Denver. So I would think that Kansas City, even though it's in Denver, would still be favored. Um, I think it was only like maybe plus three or, or minus three for Kansas City. And so I, I feel like with Tyreek Hill coming back now, they should be able to beat them easily by a touchdown. Yeah, I would think so too. Yeah, it's at it's at minus three now. I don't think, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think the Broncos have the offense to keep up. I mean, Joe Flacco's old. Yep. <laughs> they don't have anybody to that. I and I don't know about their defense either. So yeah, I think the Chiefs. I think you're right on that. The Chiefs win that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then what else you got? Uh, Colts Texans. Uh, it's at Indy. Colts are only favored by one. I would probably take the Colts. I like Jacoby Brissett. The Texans have a good team, too. Um, they seem pretty evenly matched, and I think that's why it's kind of a pick game. But I like the Colts in that one. Yeah, I don't – yeah, I like that, too. I don't know. I, I Initially, I thought – I was like, yeah, I like the Texans because they came in, they beat Kansas City, uh, they have Deshaun Watson. But then I was doing some more research, and – the Colts offense necessarily isn't anything like mind blowing, but their defense is, which I didn't realize their defense is one of the best in the league. And they, they also beat the chiefs. So I think I, I like your pick there too. I think that's going to probably be actually one of the better games of the weekend, honestly, like putting up the Colts against the Texans. I don't know if we'll get to see it on TV. I think they'll probably screw us and be like, ah, you will put that on the West coast or whatever. But I'm hoping we see that because that would that would be a good one. Yeah, definitely. Um, so is that all you had for the picks then? Um, I was looking at the Vikings Lions. I mean, I don't really know how that game is going to go, only because I don't know which Kirk Cousins will show up. Uh, I know the Vikings are favored by two, but honestly, it's in it's in Detroit, I believe, and Detroit they played every team really well i mean they they lost to the packers on kind of a controversial call and the packers are a good team um you know i i, I kind of feel like the lions with stafford stafford's been looking really strong i feel like the lions could could take the vikings i i mean i'm a vikings fan but i just i don't feel confident about kirk cousins and that's just how i'm feeling with that game yeah kirk cousins is such a hit or miss like he can he can go off like last week or he can have the three weeks prior where he's doing absolutely nothing. So yep. it's, it's almost similar to uh, Iowa at the same time. Like Stanley can be really good or he can be really bad. And, and week to week, you don't know what you're getting. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, if I had to pick between those two teams, I would pick the lions. Um, you know, they play each other twice because they're a division rival and, I actually have tickets to the game when they play in Minneapolis. And I think the Vikings can beat them here at home, but I think away, I think it's going to be tough. 
Yeah, I I like that pick too. And I saw this I saw this stat on Twitter uh, earlier this morning. Underdogs this year in the NFL are fifty six and thirty five. So okay, you're picking the Lions underdogs. So I think if obviously if we're if the trend continues, you should be right on point. So I like that pick, and I don't like the Lions, but I think I think you're right. They they deserve a win, especially because they they were so close to beating the Packers and they were so close to beating the Chiefs. They they deserve to get a big win, I think. Definitely. Especially against against your your favorite team, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking against both my teams. Well, I think Iowa will still win, but I just like I said, I don't think they'll they'll cover the point. Yeah, we need we need to win, especially because we had that debacle last year against Purdue, which Purdue was easily worse than they are this year, and we went in there and lost to them. Exactly. All right. Well, that's that's all I had for you. Thanks a lot, Jeff, for taking your time out of your day to talk some running and some football. I appreciate it. I think it uh, adds a nice little extra layer to the, to the podcast we're doing. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Episode two is here. I am your host, Brandon Hurley for the home dog sports gambling podcast. And I'm excited this week because we had a winning Week last week we went three and two. Woo! The dogs were sort of barking. We hit it. We hit it good. So let's run through the picks again. I am staying away from the point spread of the Hawks, but I'm giving. I'm hitting the under on that. I'm taking Iowa State to cover against Texas Tech. I'm not too entirely sure about that, but and then I'm taking lock of the week. I'm taking Michigan at plus nine against Penn State. I'm taking. The Cardinals plus three against the Giants. And bonus pick of the week, I'm taking the Lions, two-point underdogs against the Vikings. And then my bonus bonus pick, the futures of the week, I'm taking Anthony Davis to lead the league in scoring. So that's how you go. That's how we got it. We got it. Boom, 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 boom. Let's keep that winning streak going. We're on one. We haven't lost yet in a week. We are sitting nice. Let's keep that going. Yeah, yeah, let's let's just do it.